Yo, yo, it's your boy, your brother, your friend, once again, in the building, and it's time for another segment of the Young Fire Podcast, powered by Speakfire. All right, yo, this segment today, it took me a minute, and I struggled within myself as to whether I would even drop this segment, but after talking to the young people around me and just hearing their voices I felt like I'm like the voice of the voiceless right now with the young people I'm around I feel like I owe it to them to speak on and address their concerns and one of the biggest things that's been on my mind because it's been on their minds is to talk about really being black in America so stick around we about to get into it we about to lean in for real and for those hey this may be tough for some people to listen to but i gotta go there we gotta have the uncomfortable conversations because we're going through it so we might as well grow through it so stay tuned we going in let's get it Hey, yo, don't forget, y'all, if you love the podcast, if you like the podcast, if you rock with the podcast and you listen on iTunes, feel free, rate the podcast and leave a review. It'd be much appreciated. You dig? Racism means basically like a large part of a, a race feels that they're superior to another race. And so, and so not only do they believe that, but they act on it. Examples would be in class. Sometimes I'd be the only black kid and we read a book like I don't know, Huck Finn. And then there's that uncomfortable moment, the, the magic word <laughs> come up and people would look at you and you're like, what's his reaction and things like that. I was walking home from school with this one white girl and we just gone off the bus and we were about to, we were almost home. And there were these group of black kids that just gone out of school. And she was like, oh, let's cross the street. There's a group of black kids. I don't want to run into them. And so she told me, which I don't even know why she would do that. It's wear a sweatband, like just to reinforce my wrist. And I had a teacher come up to me and say, you should take it off because it looks gang affiliated. I've been in situations where, you know, I had to cross the street because I didn't want to scare the white lady that was walking. I would actually, it would get to the point where I would start to count how many times a woman would clutch her bag. When I was 16, I was leaving my mom's house in my pajamas, which had snowmen on them, um, with my brother, and we were actually stopped by the police rather aggressively. I've been stopped by the cops on my way between classes, because we have two separate buildings, walking from one building to the other building, as my white students in the same class walked by me. We live in a world where my mom has to be afraid when I walk outside from the people that are like meant to protect me. And I just, I don't like when my mother feels like that. You know, I love my mother. She should always, I want her to always be happy. All right, all right. You heard at the top of the segment, we're talking about black in America. And you heard the voices of the youth talk about their experiences in America their experience on a day-to-day basis, what they have to deal with, what they have to carry, what their minds have to unpack at the end of every single day. And my thing is this. It seems like America is like the alcoholic 
who refuses to acknowledge that they have a problem. And in any kind of 12-step program or any kind of program that helps alcoholics to you know, bounce back and get off of the alcohol, you know, get off that, 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 that wagon or get that monkey off their back, the first step is always to admit that you have the problem, that it exists. And America is still at a point where it refuses to believe that there's a problem. So America keeps trying to sweep this issue of race under the carpet, sweep it under the carpet as if it's not going to be recognized. It's almost like having this mortal wound and you just keep putting, you know, ace bandages over it and putting a, your clothes over it as if you're not wounded, as if you're not hurt. It's not going to help. You feel it, you see it, and you have to deal with it. And sadly, I have to face them and tell them, hey, sadly, this issue is not going away. And being young and black in America, you have to, whenever you get up in the morning and leave your house, it's like you strap on this anvil on your back and you're carrying this anvil around everywhere you go. You know, you from what you're wearing, you, you, you wear your style of clothes, your particular style that you wear and how you want to wear it. And even down to your hair, your, the style of hair you have, everything about that is looked at and sized up as criminal, as troublemaker, as I need to cross the street if I see this person coming. Or when they walk past my vehicle, I need to hit the automatic lock on my door. Or, hey, what they're wearing looks like it could be, you know, gang affiliated or whatever have you. And it's, it's tiresome, it's cumbering, cumbersome rather. It's frustrating, it's aggravating, and each day you carry that, it's along with, you have to carry that anvil, along with just the average everyday issues that we face growing up in society, trying to, to not find ourselves, but we're just trying to find our place, where we fit, and really discover ourselves. And if all of that wasn't a headache, try strapping on this big anvil on their backs with people treating them like they're animals, people treating them like they don't belong, people treating them as if, like, oh, like, you're a nuisance, a menace to society, rather, you know, it's, I don't understand it, and me having to look at them and say, hey, this is sadly not going to end ever, and on top of that, I can tell you this truth, it's only going to get worse, which is sad to have to tell them, and with that, I say, hey, one of the biggest things is this. You have a level of resiliency in you. Think about it. Your culture of people were brought over here against their will, away from everything familiar, foreign land, foreign tongue, language, and you're forced to do all this labor. And over the years, you start to become normalized to not just this foreign country, this foreign land, but this foreign tongue. It starts to become normal and sadly the torture and hatred, the vitriol hatred that you deal with, all that has become normal. And all of those conditions were designed to break you. Those conditions were designed to humiliate you. All of those things. But I encourage you, guess what? All of that, with all that happening to you, to those who came before you, they still bounced back. 
were still able to make something out of nothing at every turn. And I tell you this, it's not your job to make people comfortable in your presence. The mere fact that you're in their presence, they should be comfortable automatically until or unless you give them a reason to not be comfortable. You should be treated like every other person and any other person in their presence. It's not your job to make people who don't look like you feel comfortable in your presence before they even get to know you. They should be comfortable already. And then getting to know you is an added level of comfort. Oh, okay, this person's a great person. We have this in common, okay? Whoop de whoop de whoop. You know, you can you can do that. You should do that. But I shouldn't have to, or you shouldn't have to, we shouldn't have to set anybody at ease in our presence before they even try to get to know us. That's that anvil being carried around. You know, walking into the elevator, people clutching their purse or pulling their loved ones to the side. And it's like, come on, like, do you really need to do all that? Stop believing the narrative that the news outlets and media, stop believing all this stuff that they put out. It's not true. It's not true across the board. So, and you really have to have these talks. And I think that's one of the biggest issues that people are not forcing themselves to have this conversation. And it needs to be had because if it, the longer it gets put off or opted out of talking about, period, we're going to keep running into this brick wall. And that's the sad part. We're going to continue to run into this brick wall. So it's not easy. But my thing is this. I offer you this huge piece of advice. And I want you to encourage yourself with this. People can't bury what was birthed underground. And I'm going to let that sit on your mind for a moment. And I'm going to say it again. People cannot bury what was birthed underground. As a people, as a culture of people, we are made, designed to always bounce back, to always rise. And I'm not saying this to make it sound as if black is superior or anything of that nature. But what I am saying is you are just as good as anybody else. Young black male, I'm talking to you. You are just as good and have just as every right to be here, to be in your city, in your town, wherever, wherever you are. You have just as much right to be there as anybody else. Don't change how you wear your clothes. Don't change how you wear your hair or cut your hair just because people don't like it. You be you. Be respectful. Be courteous. Be loving. Be welcoming. You know, don't keep this mean mug look on your face that steers people away before the life of you. Don't change who you are to make anybody comfortable. And someday I hope that you and I will be able to put that anvil down. And when we leave the houses, our houses in the morning, then we don't have to worry about not making it home or carrying someone's hatred for us in our minds all day. So be encouraged. I, I, I didn't want to drop such a weight on you and just leave that weight on you, but I kind of wanted to drop that truth on you because you know what's going on. I know what's going on. You talk to me about it. I hear you. I see it on your face. So be encouraged. You can bounce back. 
I want you to bounce back. I don't want you to cause, or I don't want you rather to allow, I don't want you to let the situations that are going on around you to cause you to have a hard heart. Just bounce back with your resilient self. And you already know until next time, deuces. Welcome to Speak Fire, and that's fire with a Y. Let us light the fire in you. Speak Fire is a group of four motivational masterminds who provide on-the-go motivation to fuel the mind, body, and spirits of today's leaders. If you're a leader in business, you've got to check out Leadership Fire with Michael Gingrass. For students out there dealing with all that academic stress, go and check out Student Fire with Bobby Berg. If you're a youth and you're dealing with growing pains as you transition and mature into your adulthood, check out Young Fire with Sean B. For all my queens out there, ladies, go check out Internal Fire with Aisha Thomas. And that's everything you need for women's empowerment. Remember that Speak Fire with a Y. And that's Speak Fire on all social media platforms. Check us out now. Yo, when you get four mastermind leaders, mentors, and motivators to join forces with the goal of transforming lives, nothing short of motivational, inspirational, and transformational magic happens. Speakfire is your go-to for on-the-go, muse-worthy, empowering segments. For all you students out there dealing with the press of academics and school life, check out Student Fire with Bobby Bird. For you listeners who are leaders needing more of an edge, check out Leadership Fire with Michael Gingrass. And to all the queens out there, check out Internal Fire with my girl Aisha Thomas for that queen tip of the day and all things women empowerment. And for all my young people out there maturing and navigating through this thing called life, check out Young Fire with Sean B. Again, that's Speak Fire and that's Fire with a Y. Because this thing is all about you and you never forget your why. Find us on Instagram and Facebook. Again, that's Speak Fire with a Y.